0: Shouting into a cold and different universe
1: I, I think I saw that same message unless you're talking about something that was sent individually to you I saw something that was sent to our, our Facebook page yes um, and I did respond I, I, I thanked them for the kind words oh, I well, engaged with the fans
0: I think that was a mistake I think you're gonna you're gonna give them ideas they're gonna get uppity but um...
1: very very possible Um since we're talking about uppity nerds, I guess it's as good a time as any to start uh, this episode of the Big Bang Theory theory. Hi, I'm Nick, and I'm Kyle. And today we are beginning a, a new leg of our journey. We've started season four, we're on episode one, and the name of today's episode is the ro- the robotic manipulation for reasons that will become obvious. So, uh,
0: I have an just uh, I don't want to derail your momentum. But I, th- I thought it'd be fun to play a little game. Why don't you, because there's only three seasons before this, why don't you try in as broad a terms as possible Oh, to I summarize. think I know
1: what you're about to make me do, and I'm telling you right now I'm not going to be able to do it.
0: <laughs> just everything that has happened in the show so far. It hasn't been a lot. Just, like, one sentence for each season.
1: <sighs> okay, let's, ooh, here we go. Season one. Penny moves in next to Sheldon and Leonard and Leonard chases after her until he eventually is able to secure a date with her. Season two. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Um, Their relationship has some ups and downs? I don't... I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's more of a will-they-won't-they dynamic than it was in season one, because now... uh, Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember anything that happened in season two either. So we are in the same boat.
1: And I feel like by season three, they had already broken up, and were no, ge- no. no? Okay, go no, ahead. Season,
0: I think season three, episode one, they get together,
1: right? Because it's the end of season two when they go to their uh, their Antarctic expedition, and Penny realizes he uh, she misses Leonard. Um, that that kicks off. That, that that's the uh, the catalyst for the relationship to begin at the beginning of the next season, season three. Right. Okay, um, let's uh, let's play another game before we officially start this episode. Uh, we've been with these characters for now three years. What individual character arcs, changes, experiences have have happened to any one of the characters on this show <laughs>
0: um well i would make a, i mean the obvious answer is none at all nothing is none of these characters have changed in the slightest um but i feel like that's a little unfair i think that uh if anything they're going in the wrong direction uh penny as we will discuss today seems much less comfortable with her sexuality than she used to be
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed that as well. And I I, uh, I, have some comments on that that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, uh, You know, I think we're already starting to get a little bit disorganized. Let us just get into the quick summary of the episode. I'm going to try to blast through this real quick, because I took yeah. a fair amount of notes this time, even though the, the episode itself didn't have too much going on. Um, So... It, we are back to classic A plot B plot structure. I think that is a welcome return for me. Um, a plot is uh, Sheldon is explaining to Leonard and company um, that well, actually no, it's the other way around. The group is explaining to Penny. Uh, they've they've uh, Wallowitz has created this this robot arm that they're all showing off in in the apartment. He's using it to uh, pull. Uh, Chinese takeout food out of a box and and distribute it to to everybody. And while this is going on, um, Leonard mentions very casually to Penny uh, that that Sheldon has been dating this woman that showed up in the very last episode of the last season. uh, Amy Farrah Fowler, who's played by uh, Mayim Bialik, and she is a neurobiologist. And that's really all we know about her other than that she is more or less broad strokes, the female version of Sheldon. And uh, uh, Penny is completely blown away by the fact that they are dating. And Sheldon responds by insisting that they are not in fact dating, that they have no romantic relationship whatsoever, that if anything, the two of them have recognized that they are both intellectually superior beings who owe it to humanity to produce offspring, which they intend to do in the most detached and clinical way. They do not want to date. They do not want to traditionally sexually procreate. They want to have a petri dish or a test tube baby, I guess you could say, um, that will uh, be birthed from a a surrogate. And uh, Sheldon does make a quick suggestion that Penny be that surrogate because she has a certain uh corn-fed vitality about her that that he appreciates um so that's a plot is a penny being shocked by this strongly suggests that sheldon and amy farrah fowler go on this date thinks that it's vital that they get to know each other um it sheldon takes the bait uh comes knocking on penny's door and says hey I'm going on a date with Amy. We're leaving now. We're going to be late if you don't take me there immediately. Um uh Penny then chaperones Sheldon to pick up Amy. They do pick her up. She takes them to the date. She engages in the date with them. She doesn't drop them off for their dinner. She she has the dinner alongside them. Um and at the end of their date, uh Sheldon decides, "Oh, that was actually very pleasant." Maybe we really should date. I don't know. I, I think really. I, I think if I remember right, he he does say that he he's still not really interested in procreation. Um. Uh. Penny says that she will threaten to tell Sheldon's mom uh, about their ungodly relationship, which uh, Sheldon scoffs at. He doesn't see that as a threat at all. Until Amy points out that his very religious and conservative mother couldn't possibly be okay with the idea of Sheldon producing a test tube baby with a woman out of wedlock in Sheldon Caves. Um, and that's that's the end of the A-plot. B-plot, meanwhile, is um, the the robot arm that Wallowitz is using at the beginning of the episode, which uh, I think was initially, it's a it's a piece of equipment for, I don't know, was it the International Space Station or just some space station? Um, no, it's,
0: there's only the one space station, Nick.
1: Well, I know in real life, but this isn't, this is a silly, goofy show where they're making all sorts of sci fi shit all the time. I-
0: I'm sorry, are you suggesting that the Big Bang Theory takes place in an alternate reality that where space travel is more advanced and we have made multiple space stations?
1: I think it's taking place in a reality where they have to have reasons for Wallowitz to have goofy inventions that he gets to jack off with later in the episode. I think that's the reality we're dealing with, Kyle. Okay, so, uh,
0: so uh, just so we're clear, the Big Bang Theory is a prequel to Battlestar Galactica. Nick said it first. I think it's still kind of a stretch, but I'm going to go with you on this one,
1: Nick. Sheldon is explicitly concerned that the robot arm <sighs> is the precursor no, no, to SkyNet.
0: I'm ad- I'm admitting that there is some th- there is some possible connection there. Maybe maybe the people who make this show have been smarter than me the whole time. Maybe this is all just leading up to uh, Caprica getting glassed.
1: This is fun. This is fun for me. We have the silly, wacky robot jack-off arm that is somehow plausible uh, and that our reality and everything from it has to follow from that in that it is absurd for me to think that maybe other silly things that aren't happening in our everyday lives are happening in this show
0: no it's not i'm just saying
1: why would they have needed to invent this is, a new space station this is almost as funny as as your goof about how I said the watchman instead of Watchmen, and I hope it goes on for as long.
0: Oh, thank you for reminding me of that. We need to we need to cram some more of those in, don't we?
1: Anyway, so yeah, Wallowitz invents this uh, this robot arm that you know it's 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 designed for some menial function on the space station, and um, it's it's it is not his to have it it's it uh, but he he is taken it home because he wants to futs with it. And when he brings it back to his own house, he's using it to give himself a shoulder massage. During this, it's a very short like scene where he he has this epiphany where he says, "Oh, it's just like a real hand." Oh, it's just like a real hand. And then he gets ideas. Cut to um, Leonard getting a call from Wallowitz, and Wallowitz um not Wallowitz, but Leonard, um, having the kind of like the one-way conversation out loud. To Raj um, announcing his, his conversation with Wallowitz, saying to Wallowitz, "Hey, you're never going to believe what just happened when he is, in fact announcing the most believable Wallowitz scenario that could possibly happen, which is that Wallowitz has taken the robot arm and decided he was going to try to jerk off with it. There's no goofy mix-up about this. There's no, there was an accident and he happened to get it on his dick. Wallowitz took a robot arm and decided I'm putting my dick in that and I'm going to see what it feels like. And that is, well, he claims it was
0: an accident, but of course no one, everyone knows immediately. Yeah. No one buys
1: it. Um, I think there is a line in this episode that I actually really did like is they do eventually take him to the hospital and he has the whole robot set up, um, and it is just the arm, and he has the whole robot uh, setup attached, you know, to him in the hospital because they still don't know how to get it off. Raj and, Raj and Leonard can't figure it out. They figure, oh, we'll we'll try tearing it off Well, you're using a saw or a torch, and Waluitz is obviously very uncomfortable with any of these, these suggestions. So they take him to the hospital, and, and the um the intake nurse at the hospital sees the setup and says, it, it's just the arm. Where's the rest of the robot? And Walowitz says, "Oh no, no, no! We only built the arm." And she says, "I guess that's all you needed, huh?" And um, that made yes. me giggle. But
0: uh, no, I laughed out loud. I think a lot of it's her delivery because she's just like, "I understand you exactly." She's like, "That's all you needed, right?" Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like how a cop in a movie says, "You know, you posed the body so you could watch you sick bastard."
1: Yeah. She. Uh, she is. For, for her brief appearance in this episode, she's a standout. I, I think she, she really shines. Um, anywho, she uh, sees the situation. Continuing the weird trend of the only black people
0: who ever appear on this show are behind the counters of, of bureaucratic offices. I wasn't going to bring it up.
1: I, I noticed DMV, the exact same thing, and I was like, I'm just going to let that slide. Here we are, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is a strange thing in the show that um, always, always black service workers in administrative positions, always um, pretty. I can't think of the right word, uh, but always uh, jaded, cynical. Sure, we'll use those. Yes. Um, anyway, her being a layperson sees this setup. And says to Wallowitz, well, hey, have you tried turning it back uh, off and back on again? Wallowitz being, you know, a, a master engineer says, oh, no, no, no. It's so much more complicated than that. You really don't understand it. She immediately dives for the power button and shuts it off. It disengages, releases from his genitals. Um, B-plot resolved. <laughs> um, and that's really our episode. I, are there any detail I mean we have a lot more to discuss obviously but just as far as the plot goes any details I skipped over that you think are worth introducing
0: No no I think you uh I think you got all of it
1: Okay let's I mean let- there is
0: there's that little there's that little teaser at the end where the arm starts moving on its own implying that it has gained sentience and will slowly start bringing about the downfall of humanity but I'm not sure they're actually going to do anything with that in later episodes
1: Sure 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 but- sure Alright, let's bust into the details of this bait. Okay,
0: Nick didn't bite my bait, so just so we're clear, that didn't actually happen.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, uh, I'm i staying above that shit.
0: So, not to jump around too much. If tell no, me we're if at I, that
1: point. Jump around all you like. Thank
0: you for giving me permission, sir. Um, <laughs> well, if you're going to apologize, I'm letting you feel okay with it. Don't be a shithead about it. <laughs> um. Uh, so, Wallowitz they do this whole big build-up. To the Wallowitz, like you said, it's like almost like a mad scientist moment where Wallowitz is like having it give him a massage, he's like, I suddenly realized the implications of this. And we we did not need that. Is there anyone like you could have cut that entire scene. Is there anyone who has been watching the show who discovered that Wallowitz had stolen a robot arm who didn't immediately assume that the entire reason he had stolen the arm in the first place was so that he could take it home and try to make it masturbate him
1: yeah that's uh and just the 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 line not just that that scene setting it up but as as i already mentioned in the summary leonard's line of you're not gonna believe what happened and it's like no everyone is going to believe what happened there, there is no one who would believe any other explanation for what happened. Like Wallowitz yeah. could have an airtight alibi. Uh, alibi. He could be a victim of circumstance. He, he could be. Um. He, he, It could have been his own faulty programming. Um. That led to some sort of just a hilarious error. But no matter how clear the explanation anyone who hears this from wallowitz's mouth is going to be thinking oh no you were jerking yourself off buddy you of course you were and why why wouldn't you it's if anything we're fortunate that you weren't using this to commit sex crimes upon other people like this is this was the ideal wallowitz robot arm scenario is that you were only going to assault yourself
0: yes that's a that's also a good point um yeah no so it's it's really funny how they try to uh like, I actually think the episode would have would have been paced much better if they had just cut out that scene and just cut directly from, uh, oh, hey, it takes unpackages Chinese food back to the A-plot with, uh, with the date um, between uh, Amy and Sheldon, and then immediately, oh, we gotta go help Leonard, his dick is stuck in the robot's hand. Yeah. Um, um, and actually, like you said, the most the most believable thing in the episode is at the very end. I think you left this out. The actual stinger of the episode is Sheldon coming back from his date, and Leonard's on the phone, like, "What do you mean it happened again?"
1: Right. Course, I forgot about that. Yeah. Of course it. Of happened course again. it did. Yes. Um, well, I think I don't know. I I don't want to like too randomly jump around, but I, I feel like the rest of my notes is kind of like pepper individual lines that that happened throughout the episode particularly with like Sheldon and Amy's dates and it's all just little things that got on my nerves um and I I I don't know I I feel like maybe this isn't as great when I go real negative but I just I can't help it this time because um like for instance is quanky I'm quanky uh so uh Penny is driving sheldon and amy onto their date uh sheldon's in the front passenger seat amy's in the back and penny is really doing her damnedest for no real reason that she has to i think i think penny if anything is taking way too much upon herself in this episode in trying to ensure that sheldon and amy have like a traditional normal date um so she's suggesting conversation topics uh, Sheldon and Amy are not taking the bait, and and when uh, uh, Penny stumbles over a couple different topics, uh, Sheldon at one point uh, derisively snorts towards Amy and says, hm, "Muggles," and uh, strike oh, yeah. one, strike that was fucking bad. one. That was
0: a bad for so many reasons.
1: Yeah, I, big.
0: like you, you expect me to believe that Sheldon likes Harry Potter? I mean, come
1: on. Well, not only that, but, like, not just that he likes Harry Potter, but, like, is so into Harry Potter that he's, like, oh, us, us, us scientific types, we're the wizards of this world, and we, we, you know, we have to, like, well, I guess that's not the most unbelievable thing, honestly, but, but, yeah, that, that he's into it in the first place, and that it's, that you'd make the reference anyway, because, like, who's the reference for, I mean, for
0: Amy, but we're supposed to believe that that's, like, their special inside joke, it's not...
1: Yeah. Um, And then the other uh, really, really jarring reference that that stood out to me um, was um, Penny confirms that aside from a dance that Sheldon went to with his sister as a teen, that this is actually his first date, his first ever real date. And she thinks that's interesting enough to bring up in front of Amy. Amy doesn't give a shit. Um, and, but, but Penny, she's, she's struggling. She's still trying to milk something out of this conversation. And so she says to Amy, you know, like, Oh, Hey, have you ever gone on a date before? Um, and Amy says that she goes on a date once a year. And, uh, that is a deal. She has worked out with her mother oh, in yeah. exchange for her mother to keep her mouth shut about Amy's, uh, otherwise, you know, lack of a dating life. And, in exchange for using her mother's George Foreman grill, which gets the grit sear without the fat. And I heard this and I again was like, is is the reference itself the joke? Is the idea of a George Foreman grill on its own so goddamned funny that it just had to be included? Or is this the most shameless jarring product placement that has ever been conceived? And I don't know which is more likely. I think it probably is just a joke. I think it's a throwaway reference that someone just couldn't get enough of. But I don't want to believe that. I want to... Uh.
0: No, you're right. It's It would be much preferable. That joke, because it's such a low... It's not a joke, right? It's it's a classic example. I think we've talked about this before. Of the Big Bang Theory just referencing something that actually exists. And acting like that's somehow funny. Um, but, uh... But no, you're right. I choose to believe that we are being ruthlessly Truman-showed.
1: Ugh. Oh, uh, it's upsetting. Um, I do have a couple other things to, to, to uh, touch upon. Just keep going down
0: the list, man. Okay. Just keep fucking writers.
1: I'm just trying to not Put completely take over bastards the episode. in
0: their place.
1: I'm trying to give you opportunities to jump in if you have things that you would also like to contribute. I, I don't want to dominate the episode.
0: Nah, this is great.
1: Okay, fine. Um... Also talking about dating with with Amy um uh Sheldon uh has extrapolated based on the experience that he has had living next to penny that she's gone on like a hundred and thirty seven something dates or like a hundred and eighty dates or some hundred high hundreds numbers of dates
0: a uh, hundred and ninety dates thirty eight men that she's slept with
1: yes uh, um, something like that. I think it was thirty-one. I think it was thirty point eight, which was rounded That's up to right. thirty-one. Thank um, you. And and I want to touch on that, but first I, I also want to talk about um, how I I can't remember if Penny just straight up asks if Amy has ever had sex before, but but Amy's response is like, oh, well, does it count if I've had uh, um, scientific experiments that have uh, that have involved electronic stimulation that resulted in orgasm? And uh, Penny or Sheldon says, yeah, sure, I guess. And she's like, oh, no, then Sheldon's
0: I've... definitely like, oh, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, and then she's like, oh, well, then I've had like 135 uh, uh, sexual encounters. What is happening to Amy? <laughs> what's 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 going on? To like, who is doing this to her? It doesn't sound like the worst experiment to have happened to you. No, I, but... <laughs> mean, I actually
0: I, – that joke I liked because I assumed that like basically the idea – you know – she's a crazy neurobiologist and she figured out a way to shock her own brain into the feel good zone. And she was like, I'm just going to do this as often as possible until
1: they, they take this device away from me. Okay. And like, so let's say that's the case. Where do we come down as far as either moral judgment or just like creepy character judgment? Um, and the difference between Wallowitz jerking himself off with a robot arm and Amy blasting herself silly with electricity. Like, which of... You know, of...
0: That, that might be the best question that I think has ever come up on this show. That is a fascinating <laughs> point that requires a lot of philosophical introspective for each of us. Ah, uh, yeah. What is the difference? Um, I'll say this, because I was going to bring this up eventually. I think the main problem with... Uh, my main problem with Wallowitz is not, in fact, that he is jerking himself off with a robot arm. It is that that robot arm—it's the hubris of it and the inefficiency of it. Because that robot arm is designed to fix things on the uh, on the International Space Station or yes. some other black ops space station that exists in this X Files adjacent universe. Yes. Um But he could probably, presumably, since he's a master engineer who's capable of building this thing. He could build himself something better. Like, I don't want to design... I don't want to, like, speculate about the design features of what Wallowitz could construct. But presumably, he could construct a device that was more specialized, more comfortable, more efficient, um... And, and maybe even a better ride than this robotic arm. But he uses the robotic arm, and I think that's mostly... That has less to do with how good an experience it's going to be than the fact that he can say that he had the arm that fixes things on the space station. Jerk him off. I think it is an act of pure ego on his part. I think you're um, right.
1: I, I think he absolutely would be capable of making a, a, a much better... Um, Oh, why can't I, I think of the, the right word? But you know, a more comfortable arm. Like something intended for the purpose of jerking off. But no, he he, he just he wants to know that up on the space station, there is a hand um, manipulating a screwdriver uh, yeah. that Waving is saving astronauts. astronauts' lives <laughs> yeah. that, that has also been all up on his junk. He, and he just gets a thrill out of that. So to me,
0: that's the sin. Uh, I would never, um, well, let me, yeah, who, I, I would totally, I would totally let someone wire my brain. Why not?
1: Yeah. I mean, I obviously would. Uh, that's a thing <laughs> that has happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a, it's the, it's the connection between the two things.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Um, all right. I'm I guess. not
0: laughing at your pain.
1: No, that I am. Um, that's what it's for. Uh, but to to move on from that, um, we also we, we, we glossed over really quickly uh, Penny having something like 31 sexual partners. And you, you pointed out earlier in the episode how uh, uh, Penny seems oddly uncomfortable with and ashamed of this fact. And um, Amy, uh, Amy Farrah Fowler, when she learns about this, she... She's not necessarily shocked, but she is very frank. And she's like, oh, Penny, like, would you consider yourself a slut? Um, and, you know, that that that's, I guess, it's funny for her frankness, even if it's really not the, the, the best way of going about that joke. But the thing that kind of got to me is like, maybe I'm revealing too much about myself here. But like for someone, especially like Penny, who is like very, uh, not like braggy, but like Frank. I mean, Frank Frank
0: in a different way from Amy, but also – but when it comes to sex stuff, pretty, like, nonchalant.
1: That's – nonchalant, I think, is the exact word I'd like to use. Um, uh, uh, Yeah, about her her sexual proclivities. 31 Partners does not – not only does it not seem shocking – it seems a little low for her. Like I would expect, I would expect more. I don't know if this is because Sheldon's math is wrong. And there was one point in the episode where, where Penny's like, "I haven't had thirty-one partners," and I thought she was upset that the number was low. And I, I yeah, that she I was. Actually, I still think that's the case because she finally says, "That's so not the number," and I was like,
0: "Because it's higher, isn't it?" Because it's... Because yeah. we're batting triple digits, aren't we, Penny? And it's fine.
1: It's fine. You should be proud. You're like Doug the Bounty Hunter. You always get your man. Okay, so th- those are all my little bits. Um, the only other thing that I, I want to touch on – I keep saying touch on. I think it's uh, probably because of that robot arm <laughs> – Yeah. Um, is a, a, the the question I had that c- – it calls into question the entire A plot, which is why does Penny give a shit whether Sheldon and Amy are dating – like she is going above and beyond to try to get them to like not just like to go out, but to have almost like this kind of like pure adolescent experience of like you know being the over-involved parental chaperone that wants to know that the the, the two kids are having a nice time and they're gonna they're gonna get along well. And I don't know what stake she has in that. It's and I I. I, I don't even want to, like, make it... I, I want to ask you directly, I guess. is is Do you have any theory as to why why she has that much involvement?
0: Well, so I'll give you an out-of-universe theory, and an out-of-universe explanation, which will be unsatisfying, and then an in in-universe explanation, which will okay. probably still be unsatisfying. Um, the out-of-universe explanation is that the plot of the show requires these people to care about each other. Um, similarly, I That's guess, fair. if you wanted to do it... Like, it could also... You could also just have... uh. Uh, Raj and Leonard just say, which has happened. There have been episodes of the show, right, where Sheldon has gotten in trouble and has been like, hey, Leonard, can you please help me? I've gotten myself in trouble. And Leonard has just been like, to Raj and Howard, have just been like, hey, Sheldon could die. Wouldn't that be great? Let's just just cross our fingers and do nothing and hope that happens. Um, Which has led us to be like, what exactly is... (laughs) Uh, but in this episode, they could do that to Wallowitz, but instead, and I will agree that it makes the show more interesting, <laughs> they're like, um, I guess we should help him out instead of just being like, let's laugh at his inability to extricate himself from the situation. Um, anyway, so Penny is Penny is required by to care so that they have a plot, and all of these sitcom plots require these people to occasionally care about each other more than it has ever been established. But I will say... Um, In-universe, I think they've done a better job of developing Penny and Sheldon's relationship than arguably they have developing Penny and Leonard's relationship. Because several times over the course of the show, we have established at this point that Penny is basically Sheldon's surrogate mother in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, Because whenever Leonard and Penny would fight, or when they first broke up, Like, Sheldon's response was obviously to, like, retreat into the psychological space of a child who's dealing with his parents, like, not getting along. Um, But even before that, you know, Penny's the person who took care of him when he was sick. Um, And so, and of course, he drove her to that hospital the time she slipped in the tub. So they, I think, have, if not a friendship, then, like, this weird pseudo- mother-son relationship which actually maps really well onto her basically driving them to dinner like she's there yeah. uh you know like it's a middle school date well and, um, and to,
1: to take that a little bit further i i agree with you 100 percent. but i would also say that you know we we uh talked a little bit uh, kind of you know jabbing at the the the, sh- the show as a whole how none of the characters individually have really um, experienced any sort of progression or development at all in, over the course of three seasons but the the penny sheldon relationship i think has come a decent ways in that if anything like they are initially presented as total opposites and that leonard is going to be like the only connection between them in that his role is at best going to be to to have to keep them from antagonizing and breaking each other down, so that he can have a relationship with each of them on their own. Instead, they seem to have at this point maybe a more meaningful relationship together than um, than Penny and Leonard do. I think um, maybe not maybe not Leonard and Sheldon. I, th- I think they're still, you know, super bros. But I, I, think-, I think Penny and-, and Sheldon and their relationship have come a real long ways. I, I-, I don't know. I, I don't exactly want to give the show credit for that. But I-, I guess I'll acknowledge it, I'll say.
0: Yes, I'll give them credit. I mean, now that I think about it, like, they have a good shtick because the whole thing starts with him doing the door knocking on her thing and she's like you know I just stand here waiting for you to knock on the door three times and he's like yes of course I can see your feet. Yes, you mean in that's this like, episode, yes. Yeah. That's like a that's like a good character beat to establish their like the whole tenor of their relationship at this point in the series. So I think that's uh yeah, I think that's fair and then of course he ruthlessly in fact maybe okay, I don't really like this because it relies on a, my, a model of biological determinism that I hope isn't actually the case. Um, but this whole conversation basically, um, in having Sheldon as her, as her pseudo biological child and this whole conversation about motherhood, which is engendered in the episode and whether Sheldon is ready to be having, uh, kids, maybe, uh, Penny is having a bit of a, of a crisis of, of lack of reproductive viability. You know, if Sheldon is having kids and she's not having kids and all she's doing is, is having con- consequence-free sex with, you know, however many men. Maybe that's what she's really uncomfortable about in the episode, but it's all just subtext because, of course, the writers of The Big Bang Theory are masters of subtext.
1: Well, and that leads me to, to something else, which I, I, I'm i not going to uh, go too much into because I, I, we are getting to about that point where we should start wrapping up. But, um, you know, Sheldon, as I mentioned uh, – Kind of nudges at at Penny the idea of her being the the surrogate for Amy and and Sheldon's uh, fetus because she's good breeding stock and of course that's never going to happen but that is what I would want from this show I I want to see a season centered around Penny being the one who who is the surrogate and having to live under the increasingly Bizarre uh, whims and rules of of Amy and and, and Sheldon's uh, needs and how to raise this child, uh, and that's all. That's all I want to say on it. I just I wish that would happen, and I, I know it's not going to. Um, but yeah, we should start wrapping up before we get to our favorite nerd thing. I, I want to. It's not exactly. It could be a game. Let's see if it's a game. It's 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 more. Uh, I guess and. Uh, uh, a self-critical observation, which is our show. Um, we have uh, in we have seen received some direct feedback from fans, which is very nice. You you mentioned in the beginning the episode that you know someone reached out to, to us through our Facebook page. We encourage that. We appreciate that. It's it's really it's nice to hear. Um, we also have our show up on iTunes, where it's also available to download, and you can leave iTunes, uh, reviews, uh, if, if you'd like with it, anything that you, you want to contribute helps. Uh, most people would only say only leave good reviews. I say, leave whatever kind of review you want. I I'd rather get any feedback than, than just, uh, you know, self-serving feedback. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing all of this up is, um, I think that our podcast is fairly remarkable in that I'm the only podcast that I'm aware We're the, we have the only podcast that I'm aware of that gets solidly middling reviews. <laughs> we have a lot of people who leave reviews uh, basically saying, hey, we get that you listen to the show. Why do you review something that you dislike? And, and that brings me to the, the game observation, whatever you want to call it, is I would like to read uh, our most recent iTunes review that, that popped up um, about two weeks ago.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I I always forget to read these, so this is going to be. So, for the record, this is Kyle's first time hearing whatever's about to happen.
1: Okay, I'm not going to read the the user's name, but I will read the the title and the body of the review in full. Uh, the review is titled "I Hate Them," <laughs> and here is here is the uh, body of the review. They are absolute morons. And review. <laughs> Now where do you think that comes from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who had to do so, anything with that.
0: So many so many possible places. I mean, he so a, a number of things could be true. It could be the case that we've really earned that criticism because we are kind of morons for doing this. I think, I think that's, that's yeah, yeah, it's but, true. I am also, unless this person cares to elaborate further, I like the idea that this person just came across the fact that there was a Big Bang Theory podcast and was like, oh, I hate this. Whoever's doing this must be morons and left that review without ever... That's uncharitable. I'm pretty sure they must have listened to at least a little bit of our show to bother to leave a review. But it's maybe we're just catching some general... Did I ever tell you about the time someone tried to shame me for having a podcast about the Big Bang Theory before they had ever listened to an episode because they assumed that the entire thing must be like completely
1: uncritical. Um, I don't know if you told me about that, but I, I feel like I had similar experiences when we just started because, yeah, no one that I explained the show to could understand why I would put myself through this. And I'm yeah. guessing that's what happened to you.
0: Well, yes, but this was a particular flavor because they were like, they sent me all these articles about how the Big Bang Theory was like misogynist and, oh, and yeah, like horrible. Yeah, yeah. I was like, d- d- I, you realize we address all of these things to a certain degree, right? And he was like, oh, no, because I don't listen to the podcast. I was like, then what the fuck? Uh, but again, I don't, that's actually, a non, that's a way of sort of dismissing the haters without giving them their due. We are morons and we should be hated. You are, uh, you are right, sir. You have, you have nailed, you have cut us to the quick.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing is I didn't read this because I want to call somebody out or get back at somebody. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. That's enough of that. Uh, now it's, it's, re- it's real wrap up time.
0: So how many stars did he give us? Was that like four stars or five
1: stars? How many stars does the iTunes review go up to? Uh, we got four negative stars. <laughs> 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 um, Okay. Let's get to our nerd thing of the week. Um, I hope you have something. I I, has, I have a couple things I could bring up. I admit I'm stalling a little bit because I, I don't know what I'd really like to stick with. Um, do, do you have a nerd thing that you were ready to discuss?
0: Uh, I'm pulling one out of the hat today because I – Okay. Uh, but yes, why not? So my nerd thing – so totally admit this has nothing to do with anything that I've actually like been messing with in the last couple of weeks, but – Well, except that I've been building a Gundam model that's really hyper-complicated compared to most of the ones I do. It's a Master Grade, Um, uh, which does sound a little bit like Masturbate now that I think about it. Um, Me and Wallowitz are not that different. We're just both obsessed with building robot arms. Um,
1: Are you going to fuck your Gundam?
0: (laughs) It's not big enough. Uh, (laughs) But, uh... Anyway, this particular Gundam comes from, in many ways, the best Gundam show. The Gundam show that if I were going to recommend one to you, Nick, would definitely be the one I would recommend. Because most of the Gundam shows are are all about, like, war and the nature of war and cycles of violence and technological innovation and, you know, space exploration and human evolution and all of that nonsense. The one I'm messing with comes from a show called, uh, called mobile gundam g fighter i think it's g fighter maybe it's gundam fighter i don't remember but anyway it's literally street fighter but with gundams the plot of the show is humanity wants to decide who's going like humanity has branched out into space and each space colony is like a different is a different nationality um and so like and now they're all like Debating who's going to rule the planet for the next four years, so every four years they hold a giant robot fighting tournament that is literally just Street Fighter with incredibly uh, ethnicized both both uh, martial artists and robots um, who have giant fucking slam downs with special moves and shoot. I mean, literally, they shoot like the energy beams out of their fists. It's the whole shebang that you would expect. From like a fighting anime show. It just all takes place in giant robots. And I had sort of forgotten how awesome <laughs> that entire show was until I was building this robot and I was like, that was a real thing. We made that in the nineties. They gave that to us as a gift. Thank you, Japan.
1: Pretty sweet. Um Well, I think what I'm go I'm gonna make one point five recommendations. One of them is more of uh me just exposing something absurd about myself which is um my friend charlie and i who is his previously guested on this podcast are are still continuing our playthrough of final fantasy 7 uh and so i continue to recommend that the thing i want to admit though is that um not only am i playing final fantasy 7 with charlie but uh i wanted to take time to go through the game a bit more deliberately you know, get, get more of my enemy skills, develop my materia in a special way. So I am playing two simultaneous games of final fantasy seven. Right oh, now. Holy, Holy I'm, Christ. I'm playing, uh, the, the PS one classic version with Charlie. And I'm also playing my own secret save file on the switch. So, um, come at me. I am that big of a nerd. Um, as for my actual nerd recommendation, uh, Uh, This isn't a light recommendation. I think it's only a light nerd thing, though, is um, just yesterday, I, for the first time in its entirety, uh, watched Jackie Chan's Police Story. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm not going to say that it has, like, I don't, it's, I'm just going to say, it's just a very entertaining movie. I I don't always like how, how goofy Jackie Chan is. I would be much more satisfied if he were just like a bastard just tearing people apart, and I understand that that's not his style. But something I very, very much appreciate about this movie is that it doesn't take but five minutes for this thing to just immediately start going fucking off the rails with action. They waste no time. And it just keeps going and going and going from there. Um, it's just a super fun movie, and um, if you want to watch it, it is now available on the Criterion Channel. You know, in addition to wherever else it's available. That happens to be that just happens to be how I watched it. Uh, it's a 1985 film. It's a, it's an earlier Jackie Chan film. He was a, he was a fresh faced little baby at 31. He's super jacked, um, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's just a good time. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you about it. It's if you want to see a bunch of really over-the-top uh, martial arts action. Um, I, I think one thing else I can say about it is that as far as the action goes, some of it is, in fact, like spectacular, like big action set pieces. But so much of it is just is just good, good fighting. Like yeah. you're, you're just impressed by the way people can move. And yeah. it's not like American um, action stars where, you know, they have to be the, the biggest, burliest, thumpiest guy there is. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of guys who are all very graceful and elegant um, and, and taking what looks to be like some real damage for, for our entertainment. And they're they are heroes and saints for doing so.
0: I forget. Is it one or two that ends with the big fight in the department store? That is one where he slides down the fu- yeah, all of that, and he kicks We're- the dude through the glass. All of it is beautiful. Yes. Also, he moon. I specifically remember he he him doing the the Michael Jackson moonwalk, just rant to get shit off his shoe. That is ah, exactly why classic.
1: Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff about the movie I actually don't like as much. I'm like Jack. Whatever Chan, you come have on, no soul, come on, but um, you have no appreciation for the versatility of that.
0: Maybe of I that don't. great
1: man maybe 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 i'm a real dullard but that's uh that's where but I'm
0: at. i i'm doubling up i've already made i think i recommended this exact movie like 2 years ago so i'm totally on board with nick on this one very watch possible. police story 1 and 2 and 3 i think i think it's only like around 4 that they start declining in quality 3 we actually got in the states 3 is the one that's super cop but
1: uh um, oh so i yeah i'm very I'm not very familiar with, but I do remember when Super Cop came out. I did not realize it was part of the Police Story franchise. Yeah,
0: in 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 uh, Hong Kong, that movie is is Police Story three,
1: and okay. here it is Super Cop. Ah, good times, good Rex, having fun. Um, well, we should get going. gone. Just want to say, Kyle, I am happy that we're still doing this. That we're We've moved on to season four, but we've got Mime Bialik in our in our cast of characters to appreciate and analyze now. Ten more years. Ten more years. At this rate, yeah, yeah, well, this show will never end.